Well, we're back. The Olympic Outsider continues on. This time, we're going back to the art gallery flag rally, or whatever it was called. All I know is about a year and a half ago, and I talked along with Duff Gibson, Crispin Lipscomb. Now, Crispin is a, well, he's a BC uh, local from Trains Up in Whistler, and he was a top-placing Canadian freestyle snowboarder at the last Olympic Games. He's also a big Canucks fan, so that's another thing to like about him. Well, he gives a great interview, but it got me thinking about other sports that really should be in the Winter Olympics, I think. You know, it wasn't so long ago that snowboarding was considered shocking and, and had no place in the Olympics. Now, the giant slalom and the freestyle and the, you know, it's a regular part of it. So it got me thinking about snowshoeing. How about snowshoeing? Traditional thing, you know, could it even be worked in with like a biathlon? And then there's telemark skiing. Now, this is the free heel downhill skiing where you're carving turns, but you're doing it in the traditional Nordic way with the free heel. There's a few things more graceful to watch, as well as uh, take more athletic uh, dexterity and, well, really strong needs, too. So I think that's another good candidate. I also think that uh, um, curling was a great addition, even though a lot of people make fun of it and say, well, it's a sport that, that anyone could do. Well, just go ahead and try it. If you've never tried curling, Tell you what, it's nowhere near as easy as it looks. The only part that's easy is yelling, hurry, hurry hard. What other sports do you think belong in there? I don't mind, uh, I don't mind it expanding. You know, when I was at Salt Lake, I tried to see as many events as I could, and almost every one surprised me about how exciting it was, especially the ski jumping. Yep, that's one I'm catching in 2010 for sure. But enough of that. Let's check in with Crispin. What you got to say, huh? Rolling on here at the Vancouver Art Gallery at this flag tour thing. Man, how long have you been up on the flag tour? Um, actually, just yesterday and today, here at the Vancouver stop. I guess the busy Saturday, Sunday sort of stop. Nice, nice. And uh, tell me about, well, what's your name? Tell, tell us your name. Um, I'm Crispin Lipscomb, and I'm on the national snowboard team for uh, Halfpipe. And I did the Olympics in Torino, and uh, the only one of the Canadians in the finals on, on the, in the Halfpipe. So that's kind of my uh, Olympic... Uh, title <laughs> <laughs> nice the highest place in canadian that there is and you're planning uh, what are you doing to get ready for 2010 uh well basically next week we're starting back on snow and getting in the training down in california and then uh, i think we have some new resources and some new support so i think we're going to spend a lot more time sort of studying physiology and doing a lot more sort of training camps and kind of uh yeah it's it's uh, an existence of work in the gym and play on the snow and lots of travel so oh, geez there's work you mean it's not all, not all fun you don't just put on headphones and do amazing tricks in the half pipe just automatically yeah well you, I guess you wake up and you can fly in the sky you know there's a lot of work behind it for sure <laughs> a lot of it's like injury prevention stuff mostly so that you can take the falls and sometimes landing our stuff hurts too so you really need to be strong so we got a lot of a lot of gym time for prevention now I noticed that the uh, uh, the Americans have become dominant in the snowboard and half pipe, but the Finns are really good as well, man. What's it going to take for can- Canadians to be up there consistently in that in those medal positions? Um, I think uh, the one thing that both of those nations have are uh, two or three great riders who are always traveling together and always pushing each other. And uh, I think Canada now we have that we've just put together in the last two or three years a really good group of three or four or five guys who are constantly at each other constantly pushing it and i think that's what's happened in the states and that's definitely what happened in finland and um you know it's our turn next <laughs> excellent you know i think in in uh, turin uh there's a there's a lot of canadians that turned in some great performances but there's also a lot of fourth fifth and sixth finishes and it seems to me that um once you take those kind of performances, season those athletes for four years, and put them in front of home crowd audience, that's all of a sudden a top three 
that's all of a sudden a top three finish. Would you tend to agree? Yeah, I would agree for sure. I think one of the biggest factors, though, is going to uh, is going to be the at home thing, and and I and I uh, I think the impact will be seen less from the crowd support as it will be the government support and the corporate support and the team support going into those last years. So the next three years, I think, are going to be the really exciting one, and that's where that, like you say, the change is going to happen with that seasoning. Um, and then, yeah, it's meant to be self, you know, it just <laughs> happens here in uh, February. Do you live uh, here in the area? I live in Whistler. I grew up in Ottawa, but I've uh, been out west about eight or nine years, uh, various places, but I've been in Whistler five years now. What's your lucky charm when you take your runs? I, um, I do a thing where I take really light, dry snow. Right as I leave, I throw it down my neck. And that, uh, they say, it puts cold blood into your head and really gets you charged. <laughs> and I've done that for years. And I also uh, do a little bit of Reiki stuff, some symbols for my stepmother. and her, her, She's a Reiki and a massage therapist. So she gave me something to help with the mind. And then I've got some little things I do with the coach and, you know, whatever. It's uh, your routine. pretty cool. Yeah. What's your signature trick? Um, I guess one, one of my signature tricks would either be an alley-oop, which is a very slow, straight air that's kind of a spin that no one ever does. And uh, recently I just learned some new tricks. I just did um, one of the, I guess, the first 1440, which is four times around. So I did that up in Whistler. <laughs> and I'm going to keep, keep doing that and keep working that out. And Yeah. Well, you really have to keep pushing your tricks because I know from being at uh, Salt Lake in 2002, watching the runs there and then watching the runs in Turin yeah, on yeah. TV, it's all of a sudden the sport's just completely oh, yeah, elevated yeah. itself in a whole other level, it seems to me. And then I watched in, in Nagano, too, and it seems like the the women catch up to what the men were doing four yeah. years before. And, and I, yeah, yeah. Well, really, it's a fantastic sport, sport for both sexes. I think so, yeah, and I think that... Um, our sport changes so much, even in a year. I remember two years ago or three years ago, I wrote a big plan out for the Olympics. What was going to be the run and what did I need to do? Each of those spins was actually 180 short of what I was doing <laughs> in 11th there, you know? So um, our sport progresses so quickly because it just takes one guy to learn something and now everyone has to figure that out. And then, therefore, the next tier bumps up and bumps up and bumps up. And there's always some 19-year-old coming up with no pain threshold, muscles still limber, no fear. Ah, what are you going to do about that? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> they don't have a bad back and old legs. <laughs> How old of a guy are you? I'm 26 now. So uh, I, I um, was discovered by our coach when I was about 21 or 22. At the time, I was the head coach of the BC team. And uh, he invited me to kind of get involved. And a lot of people were like, wow, you're kind of older and stuff. But I just got right into it, started training really hard and, and um, eating really well. And now I'm healthier than I've ever been. I'm getting healthier every month. And uh <laughs> You know, and and um, I think 30 they say is when you get your best in the head. So I'm 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 really looking forward to that time. Nice. Hey, uh, you know, I mentioned to you I spoke with Ross Rebliotti a few uh, weeks ago, and he's training for 2010. You ever see him up there on the the mountains? And how does he look if you do see him? Oh yeah, yeah. We catch up on and off, and um, yeah, he's uh, he's looking good. You know, when you're a good snowboarder, you're a good snowboarder. When it comes to being elite in a competitive sort of venue then that's where it's just going to be some more experience i think he's got the skills he's got the knowledge so it's just going to be a you know get rid of some rust ride the gates as much as he can and i'm sure he'll kill it excellent man what's the best thing about living in whistler living in whistler <laughs> no it's such a it's a, you have this, an amazing city just a couple hours away an hour and a half away you got uh amazing people who are all choosing to be in that place for themselves so it's good one final question if uh, people want to hop on board and give you support or just find out and keep up with what you're doing you have a website any way to send you support what do you need from the people of Canada well um, actually uh, 
I, I hope everyone can go to the Canadian Snowboard Federation, csf.ca. They've got a lot of information on all the riders and what we're doing and stuff. And from there, you can get around. But I started a charity called GoSnowboarding.net. And within the next couple months, there's going to be some pretty cool stuff going on there. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm doing fine. So I want everyone to support the younger kids and the up-and-comers and the guys who don't have sponsors and the guys who can't you know, cover the ends because our industry is so tight right now. So I'm trying to set this thing up, go snowboarding.net. We've had a year, got a couple boards out to some kids uh, uh, in the disabled programs and stuff. So we're moving forward. But, uh, yeah, so that would be that's, the support That's I awesome ask. work, man. What a great idea. Hey, thanks for doing Thank this. Thank you very much. And I'll be cheering for you in 2010, bro. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Well, I thought of one other sport that should be in there, and that's women's ski jumping. There's a bit of controversy about this because there is no women's ski jumping in the Olympics. But I say if a woman wants to jump off one of those ski jumps, fine with me. should just call that sport ski falling, I think, instead of ski jumping. But suffice to say that it's some good entertainment. And this, my friends, is the end of another episode of the Olympics Outsider. Visit 2010.dailyvancouver.com and or hockeynw.com for more episodes and edutainment about winter sports culture. Stay subscribed, tell your friends, and come along as we count down the days till 2010 at Vancouver Whistler. And I am Devo, and I am out from Vancouver, B.C.